Welcome to Lost in the Supermarket, the podcast that goes behind the shelves with a look at the latest grocery trends, the latest health information, and how shoppers can get the best deal for every dollar and make every shopping trip the best they can. I'm Phil Lempert, and on today's podcast, it's all about beef. In fact, the title of today's podcast is Beef, It's What's for Dinner. This episode is sponsored by The Beef Checkoff. Our guest today is Bridget Wasser, the Executive Director of Meat Science and Supply Chain Outreach at the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, a contractor to The Beef Checkoff. She's responsible for the strategic direction, planning, development, and implementation of the Beef Quality Research Program and Technical Meat Science. She leads strategic direction and implementation of beef, it's what's for dinner, across the beef supply chain from rancher to processor, manufacturer, distributor, retailer, and food service. She's also the smartest person I know about beef. Let's get started. Bridget, welcome to Lost in the Supermarket. Thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. So, Bridget, I've got to start with the economy. And and there's a lot of ups and downs these days. And how has the economy affected the demand for beef? Well, there's good news there because beef demand is very strong right now. Um, Despite other lower price proteins that are available in the marketplace, consumers have remained willing to pay strong retail prices for the increasing supplies of high-quality beef that are available for retailers to purchase. Uh, Just one example of that, in 2018, we know that retail beef demand was 15% higher than in 2012. So we're seeing really good demand for beef. So let's stick with retailers for a second. Uh, Supermarket, when I look at a supermarket flyer, um, the first page of of the circular always has meat or poultry. Why is it that the retailers use this as a way to lure customers into their stores? Well, beef fares really well in terms of featuring it. It is something that I think shoppers and those that are reading circulars are paying attention to. It could actually be what determines what store they go into. And so we've seen beef ads and beef featuring really continue to remain very high over the past several years. Um, Since 2012, that same time period I just referenced, beef ads have accounted for almost 40% of meat and poultry features in retail Um, And so just to put that in perspective, over that same uh, time period, so 2012 to 2018, chicken, pork, and turkey would account for 27, 23, and 8% of ads, respectively. So beef is is really prominent featuring, and it brings people in stores. So, you know, you mentioned those percentages of what what different protein the retailers are doing. Does that align with consumption? You know, um, the the retailer looks at that and says, "Okay, forty percent of my sales are with beef, so I'm going to, you know, promote it forty percent of the time versus chicken that might be a lot less." It aligns fairly well. Um, beef and poultry consumption are are pretty consistent and, and the highest of the proteins, um, and you see a drop off with the other proteins, but. Um, you know, I think, you know, you you have to take price into account as well when it comes to featuring and sure. price differences between beef and chicken will a lot of times drive that higher featuring rate for beef versus poultry or other proteins also. So that's, that's part of the equation as well. So when I look at the circulars, uh, sometimes I see ground beef, sometimes I see a filet, porterhouse steak and so on. How does a retailer actually determine which cut of beef to be featuring? 
Well, I mean, I, th- I think it kind of depends on several things. One is what's selling in their market, what season we're in. Um, some of the most featured beef cuts last year were the Chuck Center roast, T-bone steak, and strip steak. So those are all meat case mainstays, you know, something that mm-hmm. has really been in the retail meat case for a long time. It brings people in the stores. Uh, but, you know, there are factors to consider, including where we where the retailer is in the country, what their consumers or their shoppers are or favorable to, and also what season we're in. For example, are we in roasting season where that chuck center roast might be front and center, or are we in the middle of grilling season like we we have been this summer where strip steak makes more sense? So we're talking about features. When we're talking about features, we're talking about money. Can, can you give me an average discount that a consumer saves um, when that meat cut is on the first page of the circular? Yeah, the average discount across the top 15 beef cuts featured last year was 13.3%. Wow. Uh, so it's quite, the, it's quite the discount. And again, I think that does help bring shoppers into the store. Okay, let's let's switch gears now to the industry. Um, you have a market basket study. What did you find out in, in the last one that just came out? Well, we found out some really good news for beef and retail. So the Beef Checkoff and the Beef It's What's for Dinner brand worked with IRI um, to analyze IRI panel data that captures trip-by-trip purchases for a representative sample about a, of about 100,000 U.S. households. So it really allows us to better understand who's purchasing beef, what are their buying habits, and then how beef in their basket contributes to total store sales. And we've learned through that study that beef brings in more dollars than any other item at retail, just over 2% of total. So about 6.3% of all retail baskets include beef. And we learned that the average basket with beef is more than twice that of the typical ring. So that's $85.70 versus $41.33, respectively, a basket with versus without beef. And then that that number is even greater when we're talking about steak. So baskets that would include a beef steak top out at nearly $92, while baskets that would have ground beef would average about $89. And so, again, that, that beef item in the retail case really is the most valuable player across the store. So what's interesting to me is, first of all, that 2% number that you started with. Um, while that might not sound like a lot, to someone who's listening to Lost in the Supermarket, keep in mind that there's about 40,000 products in a supermarket. So you, you divide 40,000 40, 40, into 100, and it's a fraction. You know, it's a tiny, tiny fraction for every category. So for beef to be 2%, that's significant. Um, now, I'm going to ask a, a, a question that puts you on the spot a little bit. Um, you talk about the basket size. How does it compare with baskets that have chicken, for example, or plant-based alternatives? And, you know, um, let, let's put it in the right perspective here. Yeah, that's something that we also looked in that, at at that same market basket study. And what we found is that baskets with beef drive 44% more total store sales than baskets with chicken. And then 21 times the total store sales is baskets with beef substitutes, which are the newer wow. kind of products that are being available, made available at retail. Um, a basket with chicken comes in just shy of $85, which is lower than a basket with beef. And then a basket containing beef substitutes, like a plant-based burger or a veggie crumble, 
are the smallest of those we measured in that market basket study. And those came in at just under $82. So that basket with beef is is driving more sales and a higher ring as well. Sure. And, you know, what's what's interesting to me is, you know, you've just set out why beef is so important to to that retailer and why that retailer is promoting it on the front of the page. Because it's not just about selling beef. It's about upselling, for lack of a better word, to that shopper, everything else that's in the cart because of beef is there. No, absolutely. That's a really good point. Yeah, Featuring plays a role, I think, in those numbers that I just reviewed. And that, and that's why, as you said, featuring it, beef at retail is still so important. A retailer wants to attract the beef shopper, especially those that would be doing their stock up runs. Mm-hmm. Because if you win the beef shopper, you win their big weekly trip, you win their basket. Um, and one of the things that we also know is that when shoppers buy beef, particularly when they're buying steak, for example, they, they buy other higher ring items across the store as well. So they might buy meat-related sauces or higher-end cheeses or fresh produce, certainly. Or a great bottle of red wine. Absolutely. A bottle of wine can go in that basket as well, particularly if we're talking about steaks. Um, But steak enthusiasts, they also purchase the widest variety of animal protein. So they they purchase fish, they purchase seafood. Um, So again, they're, they're adding other valuable items to their cart as well. And then for the ground beef purchaser, we see them typically purchase a variety of spices or mixes or sauces or again cheeses and pastas to kind of use that ground beef in when as they're considering it an ingredient in different types of meals and dishes they might prepare. So I want to stick with retail but move to a different part of retail, um, online shopping. What's going on with beef with online shopping? Because a lot of the surveys that I've seen say that you know consumers are reluctant to buy fresh product, whether it's produce, whether it's beef, through an online, you know, portal. Um, Is that something that that you're seeing, number one? And number two, what are you doing to reinforce, whether it's to be the retailer or the consumer, that buying beef online is an easy thing? Yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I think there's a higher barrier of entry in e-commerce to fresh products, beef, produce, and others than there are for kind of staple products, center of the store products. And, you know, to be fair, that those center of the store, you know, some household staples, paper towels, if you will. Macaroni and cheese, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's kind of how the shopper was introduced to online shopping. Right. And so the idea of purchasing fresh is a little bit newer, and um, there is a, a, yeah, definitely a higher barrier of entry. And so, one of the things that Beef It's What's for Dinner and the checkoff have been doing is watching the growth of online grocery shopping. It is pro- projected to grow certainly moving forward just because of the sheer convenience factor of it. Sure. And so we've been working to um, execute tests in online grocery to help retailers learn the most effective ways to promote beef through digital channels and e-commerce. And the goal there would be to make sure that, that beef doesn't get left behind in online ordering just because of those numbers that we just went through in terms of how beef drives retail sales. Um, so, for example, Beef It's West for Dinner recently executed um, two different campaigns with Instacart. Mm-hmm. Instacart's certainly one of the most prominent and widely, most widely available yep. third-party online grocery platforms. And so we did a, one digital ad campaign on the Instacart marketplace as well as one physical insert into grocery shopping bags of Instacart shoppers. And then we were able to measure the effectiveness of different marketing messages and strategies within the Instacart platform for beef. 
Um, so just a little bit about the results of that study. Yeah. Yeah. So the digital ad campaign on the Instacart marketplace, that's basically placing a beef ad to inspire purchase at the point of purchase was extremely effective. Uh, We tested both taste and nutrition focused ad messaging right at point of sale. And through that activation achieved a sales lift of more than 25%. Wow. Uh, so that was a, a great finding for sure. And one of the bonuses of that is we determined that through that, 30% of those purchases during that test period were made by customers to Instacart who had not purchased beef within their platform in the past past year. So maybe someone who did have that barrier to entry or barrier to buying beef or other fresh products online. So the ad the ads we placed related to beef in this e-commerce platform drove new beef sales, and that was very encouraging. Um, and then we tested the physical inserts, printed inserts placed in the shopping bags, you know, kind of more of an old school marketing tactic, but you've got that captive audience by those that have purchased through the Instacart platform. We executed recipe cards and found that those were also effective in driving digital shoppers to purchase beef online. So over 35% of the customers who received an insert in their shopping bag then subsequently purchased beef on Instacart. And again, of those that purchased, more than 50% of those had not purchased beef through Instacart in the past year. So again, it drove new sales in the platform. And I think one easy takeaway is, is to remain top of mind to that shopper in that online uh, e-commerce grocery platform. Just remain top of mind. Don't you know? Remind them and inspire them with with beef in the moment of purchase, so they remember that that's available for them to order through that online platform. You're not going to like my next question. <laughs> let, let me start off there. Um, there's these days, you know, you you pick up any newspaper, you know, any TV, uh, go into any store. And there's a lot of talk about plant-based diets. There's a lot of talk about plant-based burgers, if you would. A burger might be the wrong word to, to use. Um, give, me, give me the 101. What's, what's realistic um, about plant-based diets? Um, what's going on? Because clearly the past few years, we have seen a move towards protein, protein, protein. Um, And while some of these plant-based replacements uh, for animal protein does have protein, is it the same kind of protein? Is it um, as good? Give me the 101 and and tell me the truth. And I know you will. I know you will. You're a scientist. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very valid question. There's certainly a lot of buzz about these new products, um, plant-based diets, plant-based products that are available and now reaching retail. Yep. Um, you can hardly miss a story on it every day. So it's cer- certainly something that, um, you know, we're aware of, very aware of as a beef industry. And it's a competitive protein marketplace. And that's kind of the reality of of the market that we're in, protein, to your point, has a lot of uh, a lot of marketability and a lot of value. But you know, we believe that beef offers a great protein story as well. So when we really look at the numbers, so you might wonder how many mm-hmm. consumers are intentionally eating less meat. You know, or, or diet patterns changing across the U.S. consumer. In a recent study that the Checkoff Beef Checkoff funded, we found that you know, 34% of consumers stated that they do sometimes intentionally avoid eating meat. But I think it's important to note that includes people who are choosing to eat less meat, not just vegetarians and vegans. 
So we do and have tracked the number of vegetarians and vegans, um, you know, across the country for the past several years. And it really has remained relatively stable over the past decade. About 4% of people identify as vegetarians in the U.S. and about 3% as vegan. So 93% of consumers still eat meat. And, you know, that's good news. That's a lot of people that we can market beef to through the retail channel. I was going to say to your earlier point, um, the the idea is that people are looking to increase more vegetables into their diet because of a lot of information that's come out. But that doesn't mean necessarily decreasing the amount of beef. It's just adding more vegetables to it. And and I guess the term being bantered around now is flexitarian. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and we think that obviously that veg- vegetables pair really well with beef. Love the idea of pairing meat and vegetables and eating a, a healthy, balanced diet. And that's what it's about, right? It's about balance. And again, the overwhelming number of U.S. consumers still eat meat. And of those 34% I mentioned earlier of consumers who are maybe cutting back or avoiding uh, meat in some cases, only 27% of those are replacing meat with a plant-based protein, like a patty or crumble, like a new product that's on the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of those folks are replacing meat with a salad that doesn't include meat or maybe a pizza that doesn't include meat, you know, a cheese pizza or lentil or grain-based dishes. So it's not that with new products on the market, I mean, there certainly is a lot of interest and a lot of novelty in trying those. But, you know, they are still relatively new and still a relatively small percentage of the market share. And so it's not an automatic assumption that those folks would be replacing their meat with a plant-based meat alternative. As you mentioned, maybe just more vegetables or more plant-forward. So, Bridget, lots lots and lots of great information. I mean, we could talk for hours about this. Um, from, from a retailer standpoint, how can retailers... Um, work with the beef checkoff to market beef and how can get they get the latest updates on everything that, that you're telling me about? Yeah, we've got a lot of great tools that are available to retailers. Everything that the beef checkoff and beef it's what's for dinner offers is complimentary. So I think that's the first point. Um, you know, it's the industry is providing these resources with the idea of helping retailers sell more beef and remove any barriers they may have to selling that product to the consumer. So several things that they can link into We've got beefitswhatsfordinner.com, which is our um, beef industry website that's got just a wealth of recipes, photos, um, cooking tips, I mean, just cooking videos, production videos, anything you can think of to kind of tell that beef story is there on beefitswhatsfordinner.com. So that's available to any retailer. Um, We've got Chuck Knows Beef, which is an artificial intelligence tool that's available on any mobile device or smart speaker. I remember I did it. I actually did a report yeah. on on Chuck when you when you first launched it. Yes, it's so cool. I love it. It's so cool. Oh, yeah, we're yeah. really excited about it. And and the idea is to help shoppers successfully select and beef in the meat case and then prepare that beef when they get home. We know that's you know, typically the top questions that would be asked within the meat department of a store is. You know, what do I do with this cut? What can I make with it? How do I prepare it? And a successful experience is going to bring them back to your store to buy that product again. So ChuckNoseBeef.com is a way to find out more about Chuck and how he can help your shoppers as a retailer. Um, And then we've also got training. We've got Beef University that retail store staff can take part in to help them more confidently answer questions about the beef that they carry in store. 
And then also your listeners could subscribe to Beef News Now, which is an email newsletter that that comes regularly into their inbox with our latest research, insights, and trends from the beef industry. And you can sign up for that on the bottom of the page at beefitswhatsfordinner.com. So are you going to let me go to Beef University? Anytime, sure. Okay, I'm going to take you up on that. You should. I think you should. Yeah, I'm definitely going to. Well, Bridget, as always, a wealth of knowledge. And thank you so much for joining us today on Lost in the Supermarket. Thank you. My pleasure.